Luminous held this event this past Monday, and we're not going to talk about it today. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance <laughs> Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Everybody's going to be talking about Project Luminous everywhere. We'll get to it next week when we are the only ones talking about it next week, okay? <laughs> right now, this week, we're going to talk about Mandalorian, special effects, a lot of cool stuff. But uh, James and Lacey with me, as always. Um, Guys, uh, the did you guys catch the uh, excerpt for Ray Carson's um, novelization for The Rise of Skywalker? Baby head. Baby head. Yeah, so you heard about it. You heard things. You heard things. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think it's going to be good? I'll let James actually give some insert. Sight actually, this is, this is all of a sudden... Did I? Did they release two excerpts? I don't think so. If they did, I missed one because I believe the only one I understood was the Mustafar situation. Okay, because the because I do remember people talking about how the 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 baby and the spider and all that other stuff was was part of it, mm-hmm. and I read the excerpt and it's not included in there. So I don't. The that made so, me think. Well, they, I think they included imagery, uh, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, but it's, I think it's uh, the only thing I've seen was the that Mustafar scene, and that's where that was supposed to be because they, you know, they created the models for it and all that sort right. of thing. So I think that's maybe where it tied in. Tied in. Um, the the expanded version of that scene in the movie would have included that. And that's where this yeah. excerpt takes place. I think that's where we're at. But um, I've James, never been you... more excited for a novelization. Seriously, really? Yeah, I'm pumped. I've loved Are the other ones. Are you hoping that it will fix what you don't like? Is that the deal? No, 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 oh. no. no. I, uh... I want to preface this with: I'm not saying it's going to fix anything. I'm just mm-hmm. excited to see what else they're going to add that might have gotten cut from the movie. That's why I'm excited. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually not excited about it. Not because of. It itself, but James, what what uh, what what was your take on this excerpt? Um, I was really excited about the Force Awakens one when it came out because I was like, oh, cool, it's got all this extra stuff and all this stuff is canon. But I can tell you, there's like very little things that I found that in the in the novelizations that actually add any really any significant weight to it. Um, I think it, it's cool and they kind of expand on some of those ideas. The closest one would probably be the the Rogue One novel uh, novelization just because they go into a lot of like historical things with, with Jin. But like in the, the mainline ones, they just kind of like add on a little bit extra, a little bit longer in a scene or they go into like a little bit of a different description. Um, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you other than what everybody flipped out about, uh, the, uh, um, Luke like vision at the beginning of the last Jedi novelization. Other than that, I couldn't tell you really one thing that they added. I don't, I don't, I I'm so blank on anything from the novel. Mm -hmm. Snoke's point of view was a big thing for me. Snoke's Uh, point of view. I don't even remember that. They give Snoke's point of view, and then they also give a point of view from Rey when she wakes up in the throne room. I got through oh. half of the Last Jedi novelization, and I I was bored. I couldn't make <laughs> it. And that's I'm I'm not trying to talk. That's just me. I, I I had a hard time with it. That's all. It was it was a very it was a slow molasses drip. It was a tough one. Um, what I will mm-hmm. say to to be a little positive here on the end, I do like. Um, I do like that I now know that Hux and Pride were together, at, you know, yeah. watching him do this. I I will watch the movie now knowing that they are just off camera. Yeah, I, I think like that's, that. I think that's so. My take on it is they're there. Oh, we saw the Star Destroyers there, um, and he kind of goes off from there on his own. Um I felt this was more of a pairing. Like when you uh, read a, a novelization and then see the movie version of it, this is obviously the reverse, and that's how Star Wars operates. Of course, it's a movie first. I, what my take on it, though, is 
nerves. And I, I, you know, this is a pattern you guys see with me is my concern about what fans will do with it. Um, because what I feel like people need to remember, and they've kind of told us this from Lucasfilm is the novelization doesn't change anything or, or add things that aren't how they're shown in the movie. It's a writer. It's an author's interpretation of what's going on. And, you know, they may sprinkle things in that fill gaps and stuff, but it's not a, you didn't like this. Well, here's this version of it. It's like, no, this is just a complimentary piece of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I know people are going to take quotes from it. You're going to see your screenshots on Twitter saying, see, this, the, the JJ should have done this and he left this out and he should have included this. And it's going to be that whole Especially thing. Especially Ben media. Solo stuff. If he talks yeah. at any point in the second half of this book. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be tough. So just... I'm just yeah. saying look out for it. But I, I do think this is going to be a cool novelization as long as people are, are cool about it. I'm pumped. So I read the Star Wars Newsnet article, and what I didn't read is to read more, visit StarWars.com, and I opened it up, and it totally has all the spider, and it keeps <laughs> going. <laughs> well, so you know what's funny? that's where the confusion was for anybody that was like, what? It's all there. You yeah, know what's yeah. funny about that? I... So we have our little news chat for Star Wars Newsnet, and mm-hmm. uh, Christy, I think, wrote the article for us. Yeah, and I'm like, just take the whole excerpt and and dump it in, and then give your thoughts on it and write it. And Val's like, no, no, no. He's like, we don't want to piss anybody off. He's like, put a put a third of it in, and then say for the rest go to StarWars.com. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, okay. Also knowing this now, and I hate to just keep going on with this, but I actually. I think that potentially this book has more opportunity to have segments of it that are memorable as like, oh, that wasn't in the movie, sure. that was yes. in the book, sure. because of all the controversy. Uh, and Last Jedi had controversy too, but I think this one had controversy as far as like, because we had like all this leaked artwork and stuff that wasn't there, and and there's the Colin Trevorrow stuff as well. So I, I, I think that this potentially has more opportunity for that. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but you want so, to talk about... Yeah, let's some, let's get into the, the news that we have in the show notes. And let's send it yeah. to uh, James for uh, a Thursday <laughs> edition of the Resistance Report. What's up, buddy? Take it away, James. It's the Resistance Was that a callback to Monday? I don't know. It was uh, <laughs> you saying we're going to send it to James, who was just talking. Yeah, sorry. Um, so the resistance, the resistance report this week has a couple of stories having to do with uh, the Rise of Skywalker, obviously, uh, the Mandalorian, obviously, um, and a little bit of toy news. Um, so let's kick it off right now uh, with this really cool video that we saw that came from ILM. And for me personally, it was this, this, this kind of thing that I've been waiting for, for a very long time. I remember John Favreau doing an interview saying, we're waiting until the end of the show to talk a little bit more about the volume. Uh, but when it's all done, you'll see a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. And we've barely scratched the surface on what this thing is. This was, I think our first real video looking at it. Um, and it's only like four minutes long and that just drives me crazy. I want to know, I want an hour documentary on this straight up. Um, what did you guys think of the video? Lacey, I'm going to start with you. This is honestly one of the coolest things I've seen ever. Hands down. One of the coolest things (laughs) I've ever seen in a TV film production in a while, you know, John Favreau is known to be someone that pushes the boundaries of technology, similar to how George Lucas was back in the day where he'd be Mm. like, I want to do this. It doesn't exist. I'm going to make it. James Cameron's the same way. This doesn't exist. I'm going to make it Mm. so I can do my movie. So John Favreau is very similar in that way that he created certain technologies for the Lion King. He did it for Iron Man. So he's doing it for the Mandalorian. And this thing is, it's just unreal. And we heard about it a little bit from, I think Clayton Sandell talked about it, right? Where he said his buddy was in there or someone he knows was in it and they saw rocks and then they clicked a button and the rocks were gone. Uh, Carl, uh, I can never remember his name. Carlos Esposito. Was it 
Giancarlo? Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. I, he did an interview where he was talking about how crazy it was. Yeah, it's just, it's insane. And the idea that they built this whole soundstage and everything you see in the show is basically just a virtual render of an environment. Um, but it does explain a lot how there's very minimal props. There's very, like, everything is pretty in one close area. There You don't get the big expansive uh, scenes except for that one street on that one planet where like uh, the cantina and stuff is or Tatooine obviously is mm-hmm. the other set. But that being said, it's just, it's so cool. And the idea that they can make a whole environment and then render it out. And then a day later it could be fit it on the screen so they can make changes. And it just opens up, like John Favreau says, the possibilities of where they can go in star Wars and what kinds of things they can create at a low in a low budget way. So they spent all this money up front to create it. But now that it's there, the just the possibilities are endless and mm-hmm. John Favreau is just the coolest and constantly pushing what's the next thing what's going to be beyond what I'm doing right now um and it's just so cool to hear people talk about it they're super passionate about it and then seeing it in action about how much basically you're tricked but not but you feel kind of tricked you're like wait everything i saw wasn't really what it was yeah so, Lacey, you specifically mentioned um, the other day when we were t- breaking down the visual effects of Rise of Skywalker that mm-hmm. there's a very specific time called Golden Hour, and you only have so much time to shoot during that 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 piece of that small segment of time. Yeah, sunrise uh, when and the sunset, sun is going yeah. down. Yeah, and they mention in this four minute video that they could shoot ten hours of a sunset because. That, and that's, that's I think, them pushing the technology saying, hey, you know that very specific time that is very important to all filmmakers? We have unlocked the potential to bring that time to, you know, whenever you want to shoot it, wherever you want to shoot it, anytime you want to shoot it. You know, it's just, that's crazy mm-hmm. that you even specifically called that out. And, and then they mention it in this as like one of the biggest benefits of this. We can shoot a 10 hour sunset. Yeah. John, what do you think Shout about the vo- volume? to really quick. My professor, Greg Golda, who taught me about magic hour. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening. He's not, but shout um, out to I, you. <laughs> I think it's on, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, is it, would you say it's unreal? Yeah, I think I, th- I think I would say it's unreal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Rob Brito, uh, the the head ILM guy, uh, producer, uh, Oscar nominated. He when he was talking about not only how they're able to do a three hundred and sixty rendering and, and situational uh, settings, but him talking about in camera effects where the director can see how it's going to look. I think that is a massive game changer because now you're talking mm-hmm. about what this thing's going to be like print on frame. Uh, it gives the director the opportunity to, instead of like you think about the old ways of George Lucas filming and you're looking at a green screen, you're like, well, we're going to hope that that looks like this and that looks like that. They are looking in camera at everything as it will be. And that is taking your ability to capture what you want in your vision to the highest level using VFX. Um, That and also you got to figure this type of thing is going to help prevent leaks because if you can isolate your settings now and you're not going to a jungle in England, you're not going to a desert in Jordan, you're not going here, uh, you're in this room and you're like, there's there's eight people in the skeleton crew filming this huge sequence for the show. If this comes out, I know it's one of you eight people. Uh, so that's a big thing. Well, they kept but, the child locked up for yeah, the most part. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my biggest thing, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm really pumping for a, a solo follow-up. You're talking budgets. You know, they have assets already for Solo, A Star Wars Story. Rob Brito was the producer for Solo, A Star Wars Story in terms of the visual effects. Uh, And, you know, if you can get uh, the budgets down for these types of shows, uh, the whole narrative that, oh, Solo didn't do so well, you know, even though it made $400 million, Ron Howard's highest grossing movie of all time, fact, um, they may entertain like, you know what, maybe we can do a Han and Chewie series. You know, Alden's not that busy. He's not a superstar. He's not saying, don't Disney plus me. You know, Jonas wants to come back. 
you, you you look over at Marvel, they have like five shows already on the docket with big stars and all these different characters. Star Wars has been doing one, and then we're doing one this five. one, and maybe this one. Yeah, maybe more. So you got to think this technology will afford them the opportunity to widen the net on the types of stories they can tell on Disney Plus with Star Wars without making it look cheap. You look at The Mandalorian, it's absolutely crushing it. So uh, and it's plan- stunning. The yeah, whole show stunning. is so stunning. All yeah. these p- planets and locations. And then, like we said about time budgeting, you can just do whatever you want when you want to do it. So this excites me, honestly. Uh, I love behind-the-scenes Star Wars stuff. This excites me more than anything has with Star Wars in a long time because of the potential of what they, what stories they can tell. Uh, so I'm I'm really fired up at this. Like you said, James, I, I mean, I could see an hour documentary about this. I think we can do a full discussion on this. Maybe see if we can get someone from ILM or somebody on the show to talk about it with us. I don't know. I, th- I really love all this stuff and what it could mean for the future of Star Wars storytelling, including makes a little too happen. <laughs> yeah, the the interesting thing to me is I think when you look at um, certain individuals that are breaking in uh, visual effects, you are looking at like a George Lucas back in the day, you know, you're looking at James Cameron still today, who, um, uh, John, you were even kind of mentioning something that James Cameron did do for or has been developing for uh, the movies, which is filming like two scenes at the same time. And then like, the the display that he's looking at is merging them so he can see like someone in a different location like filming in real time and with Mm -hmm. another actor in this room and stuff and like that that stuff is so crazy and um i don't know exactly how true this is but i'm i'm i was fairly confident that also too they were working on the avatar sequel movies near or near the facility that they were doing Mandalorian and they were like sharing ideas and equipment because oh, really That's James cool. Cameron specifically is like yo this <laughs> this is legit <laughs> if like what's he going says on here that, then that's like yeah um, I mean think about I, his movies the whole soundstage is like one big blue room so imagine he doesn't have to do that it's just his actors are in the space yeah yeah that's like um, that's like Paul McCartney telling you you wrote a good rock song if James Cameron, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you I, like, right. I I feel like potentially this has um some some big like historical thing. Like we we may remember like when visual effects took a big turn. Um, like when they started more heavily using uh, digital cameras, or when they more heavily uh went into uh motion capture or something yeah. like that. I think we're gonna look back at this and be like. Um, you know, we didn't used to do this, uh, but now we just, it's, it's so much easier to con- create all of our environments and sets and stages and, and things that wouldn't cost that money in a digital environment and then just have the camera talk to the wall to, right. in order to, to reproduce our worlds and stuff. It's just, that, that's I, so insane. I could see them using it for Indiana Jones. Like instead of having to go to a desert location with 78 year old Harrison Ford, they can use these types of you know, effects and stuff like that. And um, Lacey, I want to bring up one other thing before we move on. You brought up how Favreau is kind of like George Lucas and it like made me think like, like Swingers was his like American graffiti, you know, Mm -hmm. low budget, a friend story, romance, that sort of thing. And then he goes on and does all these big movies. Like there are parallels between the two of them. That's that's interesting. I just wanted to bring absolutely. Also, going back to what James said about the golden hour thing, which I didn't even I don't know why I didn't think about that because I was geeking about it when they said it. uh, Is that now you look back at the Mandalorian when you watch it, a lot of those scenes of him with Agnolte is like all golden hour. Him with Baby Yoda, all golden hour. And I remember when I was watching the show, I'd be like, man, they must have had a rough time shooting this. Now I know they didn't. (laughs) They just (laughs) shot it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's true. One of my takeaway clips, too, was Jon Favreau saying, um, almost when we were wrapping the season, we were thinking we should start working on environments that this does really well and base the story around that. And so it actually makes me think that there's a really good chance that the visual effects for Mandalorian season two are going to be better because they know what they're working with. Even they can write and adapt to what it does best. So look forward to that. Um, also something to look forward to. We now officially know the release dates of the rise of Skywalker Blu-ray and digital 
release, um, which still to this day, they're doing the two weeks uh, early for the digital thing. Um, I saw some people questioning that um, we can have a little bit of discussion on, you know, on why they do that specifically. But um, John, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the release dates? Wait, yes. John, were you right? No, no. Well, oh. I was so, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm with cool. you, John. It, it was right <laughs> and wrong. Yeah. So I got one of the dates right, but it was the r- wrong format. Um, womp I, womp. Yeah, I said the 31st, March 31st, and it turns out the Blu-ray is coming out March 31st. I thought digital was coming out March 31st. So um, yeah, whatever. I, I I said it was a guess. So <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't write exclusive in my uh, exclusive. Part. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited to, to own the movie. Um, I think it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies on a visual standpoint. I love, uh, I know we were just talking about the, the volume and stuff, but I love the real sets and locations that they used and what J.J. did to capture this movie um, just from a visual standpoint. And seeing it on 4K uh, on my 65-inch TV right here is going to be very cool. Um uh, I'm very excited about the full-length documentary uh, about the making of the movie. I'm, I was very happy to hear they did that because they didn't do it for The Force Awakens, and I was a little nervous that uh, J.J. being the protective type of director was going to kind of close that off and not do something, and he 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 did. Mm. And that's I'm so excited to see people who made this movie without knowing that there would be like a fan backlash and haters and all this stuff just being having a great time and loving making a Star Wars movie and being able to see that trapped in that period of time before reactions. Because I connect with that because when we were at the premiere and I walked out of the movie, I was like, wow. I was like, that movie was so fast and like knocked me on my rear end, but I loved it. And I'm so glad we don't have to deal with a controversial Star Wars movie, and I was dead wrong, of course. But that was and forty five minutes later. <laughs> that was my, but that was my, and I'll never be able to have that moment taken away from me because I saw it before everyone else. So I, I saw a Star Wars John movie in Lacey. a positive uh, environment, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. John and Lacey are on the phone with me like twenty four hours later, and they're like, "Don't listen to anybody, James. You need to enjoy the movie for what yeah, it is." Yeah, right. I'm like, "What? We what told you to stay expect? offline. We told you to stay offline." Well, also yeah, for spoilers yeah. too, of course. Spoilers but, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, the one thing I am uh, curious about is why there's no deleted scenes. Uh, I think that's the biggest hot button issue with this thing. Um, so maybe they're saving it for Disney plus. I know I've seen that they have done that with some, uh, features. I think maybe Lion King or Aladdin or something like that may have just been exclusive Disney plus deleted scenes. So maybe that's a Disney deal to try to get people to sign up for Disney plus, which is a sneaky move, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a JJ thing. Um, I think this is more of the packaging and what they want to include with to, to make their monies um, but I, I'm excited about it it's it's about a month or so away and um, add it to the collection and uh, yeah pumped I think I'm gonna get the I'm not sure yet I'm thinking steelbook because I have the other two on steelbook though I kind of wish I did the target stuff because I feel like that's sometimes a better deal am I going uh, I'm sorry. yeah yeah absolutely uh, so <clears throat> I'll start with I'm definitely getting the Target version because that's what I always get and they're always like solid, mm-hmm. way better than the other stuff. Um, speaking of just the look of it, I want to get 4K, but I'm not digging the picture they chose for the t- the 4K version of this movie. I wanted like the red and blue poster that everybody loves and they put the Poe Dameron ship in front of the ship image. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. Because it's called The Rise of Skywalker. Like, I want Rey front and center for this movie. That's just, like, my one little pet peeve. That being said, The Last Jedi, I would argue, this is a hot take right now, that director and the Jedi is better than The Last Jedi to me. Like, I love behind-the-scenes stuff so much. I cried watching that movie with Mark Hamill. I love the making of stuff. It's it's what got me into film. It's what got me into video production. And I and I like when the people that work on these movies get the moment to tell their stories and for people to see how much work goes into these movies while they're sitting behind their keyboard saying like this is stupid, like because there's so many people this movie affects 
that nobody mm-hmm. re- like recognizes until you see it in front of you. Um, I mean, director and the Jedi at the end of it, you see the big scene where it's like all the people that are there when the credits roll and you're just like, Oh my gosh, there's so many people involved. Um, so I'm really pumped about that. Like John is, I'm super excited about the, the creature shop type stuff. Um, how they use, uh, use prosthetics and creatures and aliens and how they make that happen. Um, they talked about that with the last Jedi with like the, the crystal foxes and porgs. Um, and then I'm, Kind of excited, too, to see the Warwick and his son piece where he gets to talk mm-hmm. about coming back to the series and doing it with the son because at the end of the day, Star Wars is about family. So to get to see an actual person be like, I'm bringing my son in, it's it, our family's now back involved with it. Um, that's really exciting, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish they didn't spoil it with that image before the movie came out. Like, I wish I could have been genuinely like, yeah, he's in it um, instead of when they were like, hey, look at this image of him looking at the head he's about to put on. Right. Um, other than that, I can't wait to own this movie. I can't wait to watch it again. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the movie theater. Um, so it's going to be a nice, fresh rewatch. Well, I don't think been... anybody's seen it since they saw it in the movie theater. Well, I'm sorry. I should have prophesied <laughs> since like G- like December. I haven't seen it since December. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I, I, I don't, I don't, I think this is the one I'm not going to buy in physical. I just, it oh does. My God. I've never, <laughs> I've never opened any of them. <laughs> I've never once watched it on via the disc. Now they're oh, worth I more don't. money. I couldn't even tell you what is in the box other than they usually come with some sort of like piece that talks a little bit about the characters or has like some unique artwork, which is really just reshifted around artwork that we've seen. So I, I just, there's, there's almost no benefit anymore. And it's even harder now because we know, you know, you already own this. It's coming to Disney plus. So the I argument then physical. is not buying it be, to own it so that you can watch it whenever you want it. For the rest of your life. It's not even that anymore. It's now buying it so that you can get it earlier than you will when they give it to you for free later. It, it's it owning these movies is definitely in a weird spot. I will say I'm I'm probably willing to spend the twenty dollars in order to be able to watch it at home before it's Disney Plus release. That's worth it to me. But I don't think it's worth it to wait that two weeks to pay $24 for the Target exclusive DVD and Blu-ray book combo. Uh, I'll never touch it, ever. Like, I have this sitting here. I I don't even know what it it does. Oh, I like that movie. I have. It's a a a good movie, but but I can watch it on Netflix potentially Disney plus sometime soon. And also it's in my iTunes. But if you buy, the I'm physical, a big physical copy person though. Like and you to get the digital it. for free with it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, James, are you saying you're not buying the movie at all? No, I'm saying I'll probably buy the digital version, but it's not worth waiting two weeks to pay more for the physical version. Oh, that it is more for the physical for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think you might be able to, to argue somewhere you'd be able to pick up the Blu-ray for twenty bucks, but I I get your I, point. I think a lot of people. I are think with most you. of the time I yeah. end up paying like twenty four something. Then it's got tax on it, so it's always like twenty seven so, or something. Lacey, this is the Walmart exclusive cover, mm-hmm. and it has them fighting. So I don't think the Poe Dameron one is like the end all be all four K. It looked uh, like it was the 4K Ultimate Collector's Edition. I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be varying 4K versions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Why are you making that face? You know what? I buy all the collector's editions, James. I no, think I that we live in a world that sooner rather than later, you're going to see like movies anywhere app, like go away. And then you don't have your movies anymore. You have to like download them and put them in places I like physical copies. I like having them arranged on my shelf. I I like physical. You, I I don't doubt that that 
something like Movies Anywhere, because people can argue there's like Walmart's version, yep. Voodoo, and all that stuff, yep. and they disappear. But the thing is, is like, that's why I chose iTunes, because I literally don't think Apple's moving from that platform anytime soon. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely more likely that Blu-rays will become obsolete and your Blu-ray player and just the same ways as VHS and DVD have become obsolete, they will come out with another player that may or may not be backwards compatible well, for a little while or whatever, but digital will will continue through. There's no specific platform for digital that um, is going to overtake it. That aside, James, what do you think of like the special features offered and like you shocked about no deleted scenes? Like what's your take on that stuff? At the end of the day, like all of the deleted scenes and stuff from these particular movies, I I don't even really think of them as canon. They're interesting. They, I I watch them and I'm aware of them, but I, I, I feel like, if I wanted to watch that, I could find it on YouTube or something. Okay. I'm not too worried about uh, which platform gets one additional scene. You know, I don't mean that. I just mean in general. Like, are you, like, are you a documentary guy? You're gonna watch the making of and be into that, or uh, not really? Everybody talks about the director and the Jedi. I've seen it once, and I was like, oh, whatever. It's was, it was a good behind the scenes piece and I'm glad that it's there, but I wasn't like, I mean, you know, not, not, not saying your reaction was bad, but I definitely wasn't like this I was teared better up. than the movie. I, I teared know? up during that because of Mark Hamill. Oh, um, absolutely. That's the only part I even remember. I remember him like saying, oh man, that's Frank Oz and he's doing Yoda and it's all like a flashback. Yeah. But the, I don't remember literally anything. Else, I remember Ryan talking about how nervous he was, the mm-hmm. pressure that was on him. Oh, I love that. The, I love it. I'm mm. gonna go watch it. I'm gonna go watch it right after this. Yeah, um, I probably should watch it again. It is good. I I think you know to your point about deleted scenes and they're they're not canon. I mean, I think with the Rise of Skywalker like officially puts the nail in the coffin in that because they borrowed deleted scenes from the Force Awakens to bring Leia back in the Rise of Skywalker. So they're like we're sure. using that deleted material. Like they're definitely not canon. So. Um, I think they're just a fun, you know, what could have been. So like some of them, like uh, Kylo Ren on the Millennium Falcon and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it's extra stuff for fans to just uh, say, let me yeah. get a little bit more of this. Um, it's just it's one of those things that's loose. You have to take away the the whole like canon of it, because you, I, un- I totally understand exactly what you're saying. You can't say a deleted scene is canon, but you can note that things that happen in the deleted scenes also happen in like the novelization or whatever. So it's like that deleted scene did happen. And this is the closest you're going to get to a live action (coughs) version of that scene, you know? So it's, so you can kind of look at that stuff and and think it's interesting, but um, I don't know. um, I don't know. It just doesn't really move the needle for me. That's all right. On that specific type of stuff. Um, you know what it does though? The child, aka <laughs> Baby Yoda, aka Tiny, aka the Tickle Me Elmo of 2020. Get ready, it's coming. <laughs> Baby Yoda was uh, a, a, a whole new slew of merchandise was released on um, GMA and uh, StarWars.com. Right? Was the, actually who put out the rest of the stuff with the dark saber yep. and all that. Right? Toy okay. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Hasbro has released their, their new look at all the, the new stuff that's coming out, um, including Mandalorian and the Clone Wars merch. Uh, there's a lot to um, talk about, but I think if I, if I had to sum it up, I would say the big one probably is this animatronic Baby Yoda, right? Lacey, yes. how many of them did you buy? I bought two, but I didn't... <laughs> So I bought one and then I was like, you know, I should have bought it on Amazon because I get free shipping and I have a gift card that Amazon gave me for messing up my Infus Nest figure. Thank you so much, Jeff Bezos. So I should buy it there. So I bought it on Disney Store first and I was like, oh, shoot, I'll just return this one and get it on Amazon. So I ordered it on Amazon and then I went to Disney Store and was like, how to do returns? And they were like, psych, we don't let you do returns. Unless you go through like this really extensive process. And I was like, ugh, 
Well, I guess J5, little Johnny Hoey's getting a baby out of for Christmas. Well, and that is very nice of you, but I will then mow you. We've talked about this. I forget where. Uh, Patreon video, maybe. I think it was, no, I think it was on Monday's show. Will so the funny, by the way, the funny thing about this is that they sold out everywhere and I have two. I'm like Dwight on The Office who has like all those Barbie dolls and he's like selling me. Oh. My idea of a perfect Christmas? <laughs> me alone in my house and my 11 cell phones are going off yeah. of people trying it? to do Princess it's the, Unicorn. The, the, the doll with the unicorn and then Toby yeah. buys one. Oh, my God, horn yeah. can pierce the sky. <laughs> uh, well, to James's point, you can return the Amazon one. So, yeah. We'll figure it out. I'm already too deep. I'm already too deep. <laughs> too deep. It's only 60 bucks. That's not bad, right? For the, the toy that it is. Um, I got the Amazon one too. for 30. The day that I, the day that this was announced, I listened to a podcast that morning on, uh, it was from a podcast called 20,000 Hertz. Check it out. They did an episode on the sound of toys and electronic toys and they were and they went into how they didn't used to do this and how they they the loudness war has entered into toys the loudest toy in the store gets purchased more often just all sorts of these little things and how it can mm-hmm. how much it sound it's putting out all this stuff and then boom right there baby yoda electronic toy uh and i'm like dude at the end of the day that thing is going to be all the rage it's um, already sold out just pre-orders yeah. Sold out so everywhere. so all right, let's let's move away from Baby Yoda. What do you guys think about everything else that was announced? Like Well, I have a couple of things I'd like to say about Baby Yoda. You want to talk about Baby Yoda? All right. <laughs> yeah. So I I th- uh, if this is coming out in December, right? The seventeenth mm-hmm. and the twenty first. And the Mandalorian comes 17th. and the Mandalorian's coming out in October. Mm. So this guy is going to be the same like size in Mandalorian season two. You have to figure. Yep. He's yep. not going to grow much. Nope. Uh, uh, thank, thankfully for for Jeff at Hasbro when he was on GMA with Michael Strahan that the thing worked when they were on the show because it, <laughs> it could have been one of those blooper shows if the thing fell over or if it didn't make the sounds and stuff. But I guess it worked. He's cooing and stuff, so he's not. Unless they change it, he's not going to be talking in Mandalorian Season 2. And the other question I have is, like, talking words, I mean. But maybe they change it. I think, James, you brought that up in last week or, or Monday or I forget when we talked about it. Yeah, we actually... Will you be buying the Mandalorian yeah, we talked $60 about Monday, Baby Yoda it was on Will of the Force on Monday? Yeah. But my, my other point is... Uh, <laughs> The name thing is—is uh, is it going to be revealed on that uh, in the show? Which means on the box, it's going to be shown. So uh, yeah, I talk, we talked about it Monday and Will the Force a little bit, but I just want to bring those points up again here in case people missed that. Uh, that's sure. intriguing to me how it, how the toys always have to run parallel with the show, and they hid Baby Yoda from merchandise as a favorite of Favreau for season one. So this past Christmas they didn't get the wave, so now it's coming for season two. <gasps> and I wonder what that does for. Uh, Crossing paths with stuff that happens on the show. What is Lacey that just realized she yeah. bought it on Walmart too. <laughs> she has three. I, I bought the plush in December. So you do have another one. Oh my God. <laughs> when they put the pre-order up in December that they were like, it's not Christmas time, but you can wrap this in your, I bought that. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's why, honestly, I didn't say it, but I was surprised you bought this one, too. I was like, mm-hmm. she needs, it's a, almost the same thing. It's just a little different. It's <laughs> this a plush is my versus life. like a hard thing. But. It does the baby hand trick. It yeah. does nothing. It's just plastic. No, the this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one does. The one I bought before that does. Yeah. I know. Yours, you're, the thing you bought before, I was so surprised people wanted It's on that. GMA. It's the one that's in that egg thing. Yeah, the just, one on the table, the bigger one, that's the one it, I bought. It seems like the best like AMC exclusive popcorn bucket you've ever seen. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> yeah. But it 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 was Little it Johnny Hoey's like getting toy. two yeah. baby Yoda. Yeah, maybe. I got a baby Yoda coming to me in Poor June Bennett. From, from our Christmas Star Wars News Net raffle thing, but I don't know which that's one. That's what it is. That's the one I bought. <laughs> 
James the tall, is James's man. The one on G- one. the one on GMA <laughs> that's in like its carrier, that's yeah. the one you're getting. Oh, it's not plush though. It's like a It's got a plush body but a hard yeah, head. Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm getting. Yeah. 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 It's like a big baby doll. James, I'll buy your son one. We'll do that. <laughs> are you all. is are you getting any anything from Clone Wars or Mandalorian? You know what's <laughs> weird to say? Is that the Darksaber now is more likely going to be associated with the Mandalorian than it will for Clone Wars. That's kind of crazy, right? I was thinking about that today. Actually. Can we talk about... I was a big snack kid, right? They're doing Baby Yoda fruit roll-ups. <laughs> <That's>, they're doing... <laughs> hmm. They're doing Baby Yoda everything. I think the laziest thing I saw was they're doing Operation with Baby Yoda, where it's Baby Yoda and all the Operation things are just things that it's making float with the Force. Did, did like you you're not what? actually taking pieces out of Baby Yoda. This is a part of the rollout, though. Like fruit roll-ups is a part of their merch rollout. The, making that you, money. Did you see what the flavor is called? Frog. <laughs> Strawberry Sensation. <laughs> wow, I don't think it's Star Wars related. You know what? You know what is interesting though the the whole world of how big Baby Yoda is in comparison to things for the Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like the Mandalorian like has something specifically that was bigger than anything the Rise of Skywalker was doing, and we just got done talking about the volume, even though. The Rise of Skywalker was nominated for Best Visual Effects. I think part of it was the reason it didn't win was it was like, it's all great, but it's nothing new. It's nothing crazy that pushes the field forward. And it almost makes me wonder if they had used the technology of the Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker, if things would have been different. Or I guess you could say if the Mandalorian was a movie that was released, maybe... Hmm. Maybe it could be that's, up for that's tough. I, I I get what you're saying, but I, I don't I don't like comparing the two, like pitting things against each other in a way. But no, I well, I'm totally doing that. But what I guess I'm <laughs> getting at is I think it's interesting that I don't think the fans care about the big budget of it. They want the story. They want this element or this element. And in a lot of ways, fans have responded more positively to things coming out of the Mandalorian, which is a high budget, but low budget in comparison for the amount of content produced out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then we actually got for all of everything that went into yeah. the two hour, two and a half hours we got out of the rise of Skywalker. So I don't know. It's just, it's, just interesting i'm not even like really wanting you guys to comment on it. i'm just throwing it out there like you know baby yoda it's just it's crazy right insane okay well um you got anything to add to the merchandise i feel like by the time may rolls around i will have bought three more baby Yodas. that's very possible they have i know i, I noticed it. they have um mandalorian or baby yoda operation like the game operation I just said that. No, but also trouble. And we should get trouble and play it at celebration. I have like tr- I still have Crossfire sitting in my house that we have not played. I know. We were supposed to bring that to celebration yeah. too. It didn't happen. Crossfire. You get caught up. You get caught up. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's it for the resistance <laughs> report. Uh, Lacey, why don't you tell us a little bit about Patreon and how you could get on the show? Yes, so this is the Patreon pod race. So outside of the show, well, let me let me back it up a little bit. There are certain ways beep, you can support us, beep, which is <laughs> commenting, liking, subscribing, uh, turning the notifications on for YouTube, liking us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud, leaving a review, us, leaving a review, following us, us on, with friends. Okay. Uh, following us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. By buying uh, Baby Yodas for us. Yes. There's lots of different ways. Uh, one of the ways that you can support us outside of just doing that is on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, where you can join the resistance um, and be 
gain access. I'm thinking this through as I'm saying it. Uh, gain <laughs> access to the page and see exclusive content, uh, behind the scenes footage of in between the shows, uh, polls, much, much more, tons of stuff, community engagement. We have, I'm not just saying this, literally one of the best groups of people in the Star Wars fandom, if not the best. I would argue the best. Um, some of the nicest, most genuine, kind people I've ever met are in our community, and we'd love for you to join it. So, that being said, we have our general, Micah Harrison. It is his first time on the Patreon pod race. Um, He's taking up our rotating slot. uh, And his question was, which he has to answer in 60 seconds or less, is... Now that The Clone Wars is back for its final season, what do you think the lasting legacy of the show will be years down the line? Micah, your first Padres, take it away. Hey, TRB fam, General Micah here. Uh, From the first time my dad showed me A New Hope and Leia talked about The Clone Wars, I wanted to know more about them. Uh, And the show has expanded on themes and stories that I think have strengthened the prequel trilogy for uh, myself and for fans over time by giving depth to what Lucas never had time to expand on in his films. I think Clone Wars has already begun to show its legacy and how it has shaped uh, what Star Wars became in the Disney era, as well as spawning uh, not only Rebels, but endless characters and story arcs that led into Solo, Rogue One, and The Mandalorian, as well as, in my opinion, really putting its stamp on the tone of the sequel trilogy. I mean, Dave Filoni alone, uh, being the continuing treasure that he is uh, going into the new generation of content is a legacy in and of itself, not to mention all the lore and Darth Maul's expanded story. Uh, I could go on forever, but it's had a character or moment in everything to come after it. And I believe its legacy going forward after season seven will be uh, endless. It's already made its mark and shifted the tone of Star Wars forever in a good way. Uh, that's it for me. Thanks, guys. It's a privilege. And may the force be with you always. Awesome job, Micah. Very well done. Awesome mm-hmm. shirt. Uh, very good, good campaign there. So, mm. John, what do you think of his answer? The shirt is fantastic, I have to say. <laughs> um, so for our audio listeners, Micah was wearing a Make Solo 2 Happen shirt. So I appreciate that, man. Um, great job. First pod race, like polished, polished pod race. Um, you know, I, I love the familial aspect of Star Wars and the fact that you were talking about your dad showing you a new hope for the first time uh, brought me back to the first Star Wars movie I would watch. I remember watching like Saturday CBS Fox uh, movie of the weekend. It was like The Empire Strikes Back with my dad. So that reminded me of that. So thank you for that. Um, I, I think you're right on about Filoni and, and and everything and carrying the torch and being the, you know, how he's kind of the connection to the old guard with George and stuff. So I think you hit on a lot of points. Um, right, yeah, really, it's just going to be one of those shows that's going to be become a, become a part of the Star Wars legacy beyond it just being kind of a show. There's a lot of animated shows that come and go, and you're like, oh, which version of Ninja Turtles did I like? Or but, but the Clone Wars is the Clone Wars, and it's kind of it's a part of the lore and it's a part of the history of Star Wars. And I think you're right on on how you kind of touched on that. So, uh, great job, Micah. Uh, I I think first pod race you killed it. Can't wait to come around again and do it again. Uh, thanks for all your support as always, and uh, I'll see you around. Thanks, man. James. Um, I think uh I I think that the the question is just it absolutely is going to have a legacy because there's just no getting rid of it. Um, Even if you were to wipe canon again and say that that stuff isn't canon, we're starting over with just the movies itself. Um, I think people are, are st- people still remember like the other Clone Wars series. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. It will always be around. Um, And that will, it will have that legacy. So I totally agree with what you're saying there. Another thing that we, you know, we didn't talk on it, but when we interviewed uh, Kevin Kiner, uh, he has produced more music for star Wars than anybody ever. As far as like hours of, uh, content. And that's, uh, largely in part to the clone wars. So you think like, um, it, I, that even might be it, it itself. There's more clone wars than there is of anything else. Star Wars 
Yeah, potentially. I don't. I mean, maybe there's more books of something, or but but I doubt it. I don't know. It's kind of tricky to to argue against how much Star Wars uh, there is because of the Clone Wars series itself. So, good answer. Great job on the pod race, man. I look forward to to more in the future. Micah, you did a great job. Um, I love your shirt. Like I said, love your tattoos. Talking about a lot of visual stuff right now because you did a really great job. Um. I also agree with you. I think that Clone Wars came from George, so it makes sense that it would continue the legacy and have its own special place in Star Wars. Um, Again, really great job. Can't wait to see you on the pod race again soon. Um, And now we're going to give it to Lacey, who will go through (laughs) the Resistance transmissions. Lacey? (laughs) Thanks, Lacey. It's time for resistance transmissions. <laughs> so, Love it. how this works is every week there's a crazy, wacky situation from John on Twitter, and you guys give your answers, and I read them on the show. And I don't know what the situation is, I don't know what your answers are. So, we see how this goes. All right. So, the scenario is. The Star Wars Hotel at Disney World is going to be expensive, even for Star Wars characters. Pick a character and what they would do to obtain enough money to stay at the hotel. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up is Galactic Curator at Galactic Curator. And he or she said, Yoda hawks his collection of stolen camping lamps. <laughs> mine 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 (laughs) next is adam odal at odal adam who said qui-gon jinn goes to canti canto bite and uses the force to rig the craps game all night until he has enough (laughs) man rolls the dice uh next is joe labrasi at labrasi underscore joe who said obi-wan turns to selling death sticks to afford it Ooh. <laughs> Next is Alex Zukas at Zubaka, who said Wicket would sell 100% organic handmade hemp jewelry on his Etsy store. <laughs> That's a good one. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. uh, next is Kevin Lewis at Kevin LE09628592. Are you a bot, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> Way to get your handle, Kevin. Yeah, come Way on, Kevin. <laughs> Way to get your handle. He's like, he starts uh, typing his name, and he's like, all yeah. right, K-E-V-I-N-L-E-S. Uh, e, and then just gave up. No, I think that's what Twitter probably gave him, because Kevin Lewis was taken. Come on, I Kevin. doubt it gave that. <laughs> Unless that's like his phone number. Yeah. It? Social. Leave, leave in the comment yeah. what Kevin should change his Twitter handle his to. His social. It's his social yeah. security number. That's next week's resistance transmission. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And he said Chewbacca would sell his Wookiee family back into imperial slavery. Oh, that's dark. Oh, it is dark. Kevin. No me gusta. Uh, next is at Yellow Energy, who said Ray and BB-8 roll up to the front desk. Ray to BB-8. It's been real. Ray to front desk. Droid for the penthouse. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> the droid is for sale, I guess, huh? No, he's yeah. not. Next up is Mark at the Kind Awakens. Mark is everywhere this week. At duh underscore kind underscore awakens. He said Admiral Akbar would take his 5,000 children to drop them off at a red lobster. <laughs> Red Lobster needs the inventory, and Admiral Akbar can't turn down an offer of that magnitude. <laughs> Mark! Oh, calamari cilantro. <laughs> gross. I hate calamari. Really? Next is... Yeah, it's gross. <clears throat> uh, it's a stack. <laughs> next is Matt Skywalker at MIB1188. And Matt said, old lady from Tatooine digs up a couple old lightsabers and takes them on Galactic Antiques Roadshow. I'd watch that show. There you go. You ever watch that? They're like, this plate is worth $3,000. You ever seen that show? No. 
Antique Roadshow? No. Oh, it's a good show. What channel is it on? Basically. PBS. Yeah, yeah. Or was it like TLC or something at some point? I don't know. It doesn't really. I think it was it like PBS. It started on PBS. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so. yeah. Also, that basically is Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities. True. Yeah. Very true. It's just like Doc Ondor being like, and then the translator being like, I'll give you 50 credits for it. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Padre at Pat Dresch, 93, who said, Palpatine pays no money. He simply enters the hotel suite and sits down. Bellhop, sir, you haven't paid for your stay. Palpatine, are you threatening me, threatening me Master Bellboy? Bellboy, <laughs> you must leave the suite at once. Palpatine. I am the sweet. (laughs) Well done. Guys, thank you so much. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And every week, John puts up a scenario and you give your answers and you could be on the show. Now, if I was really cool, I'd be like, now back to Lacey. (laughs) Just kidding. Back to you, John. You should take us out. Go ahead. I don't know how to do it. You do it. Um... (laughs) Well, guys, I want to say thank you so much for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, as Lacey mentioned before, head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you'd like to support us and also have access to bonus content. Uh, there's five tiers, so go check it out. It takes a few seconds to hop over there. Uh, check out the tiers. If you see something you like and you're down for it, sign up. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, make sure you guys are heading to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, tons of stuff over there. And uh, we just uh, we're going through some uh, quirks, but uh, we should have the site has been kind of rebooted and relaunched with a new look. So I hope you guys are liking that. Um, where am I at now? Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash resistance broadcast. Uh, check out our shirts, including this one. I am all the Jedi. Ray on the back. Ray on the back. I am all the Jedi. Starry sky. Go check it out. Um, and before I go any further, uh, we had a Patreon pod race. It was Micah's first, but I need to say thanks to all of our generals on Patreon. And you know who you guys are, but you are Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison. Great job, buddy. Tampa movie guy, Michael Gaines and Val Trichkoff. Neil Lowry, hope you're feeling better, buddy. I know you've been tweeting that you've been going through some health stuff. So man, Mm. uh, get better soon and keep uh, pumping the positivity out there. You're a good dude. Uh, and that is pretty much that. You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And I thought it was funny, too, because you mentioned how <clears throat> we have all those behind the scenes and extra things that are uh, on our Patreon. It's kind of like our Patreon has more extra content than the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> One thing I do want to shout out uh, real quick is check out James every Friday for us doing the Clone Wars fan show. Uh, so that will be Look forward to, to that tomorrow. Tomorrow will be uh, the second one for uh, episode two of season two, uh, season seven. Uh, uh, kind of like the Mando fan show, but uh, if you take a big sandwich and crunch it down like that, James is going to run through that for you each and every week. A panini so, press. Yeah, the first one's already out there, so go check it out if you haven't yet. And yeah, he'll be with you guys tomorrow for uh, the Clone Wars fan show. Uh, Lacey, where can people find you um, doing stuff on social media? People can... F- you were about to say it going viral. Nope. I know you. Nope. You were about to say it, and you had to pause. Embedding the videos. What? Go! People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and send help because I can't stop buying baby Yodas. <laughs> send help indeed. That's true. Well, everybody forever. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, that is it. So we hope you enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the Clone Wars fan show. Uh, enjoy all of our other content. I'm sure I'll have a rumor review coming soon. We have a lot of other stuff on our YouTube channel. This is the final weekend to do rate the resistance guys so if you're an apple podcast user rate us five stars take a screenshot tweet it at us at rbatswnn with hashtag rate the resistance uh you have until um saturday to do that 
and you have a chance to win one of our t-shirts. So it's pretty cool. And we appreciate the support because it helps us out a lot. Uh, so uh, enjoy your weekends. Do that. And we'll see you Monday with another episode of the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. See you around, kids. Oh, James? <laughs> see you around, kids. <laughs> we'll see you around. <laughs> <laughs>